Hello, welcome to the Law of the Gosh podcast. Today I'm here with Dan Errol. Uh, Dan is best-selling author of the books The Secular Activist and Parenting Without God. He's also a journalist for The Hill, The New Arab, Counterpunch, Common Dreams, Alternet, Time Magazine, and Salon, and many others. He's a full-time blogger and has a podcast on the Patheos Network called Danthropology. And he writes for a column uh, on the same uh, under the same name for American Atheist Magazine. Hello, Dan. How are you? Good. Uh, is there anything you want to add to your introduction? No, that was pretty perfect. You, cool. you just about nailed all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in your your podcast is called uh, Danthropology. It is, yeah. So I I came up with that witty name, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, I'll use it everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's called Danthropology, and uh, yeah, same name as the blog. Just kind of keep everything together. And it's a lot of it is about uh, atheism, like a lot of what I also talk about, right? Yeah, it's uh, the podcast really kind of is atheism and the uh, intersection of, of politics mostly. So I don't do a lot of, you know, discussing whether God exists or not. But uh, I discuss secularism and activism uh, and a lot of, you know, church and state separation stuff we're, that we're dealing with with uh, a Trump presidency here in America. Oh, yeah, especially with uh, what he said the other day that he's going to destroy the Johnson uh, Amendment. Oh, yeah. So we're it's we got the work cut out for us. So yeah. Uh, I wrote a book about it, so I might as well podcast about it too. Sounds good. So, to to give a basis of uh, how you got here to my podcast, uh, recently on I believe January twenty first of two thousand seventeen, a man named Richard Spencer was punched while giving an interview in public on the street. Uh, but Richard Spencer is the founder of the alt right. He founded the name and he has a homepage called that. And he is a self-proclaimed white nationalist, very much a racist. And I don't think he denies much of that. He sees the United States as a white nation that should be remain a white nation. Very against uh, immigration. I heard him say that he's even against interracial breeding. He's been called a Nazi. He denies this. He also denies being a white supremacist. I think Dan will probably agree with me that that is very questionable. Uh, at a convention that he held promoting Trump, he, uh, he a lot of like uh, references to Germany and Nazism and, and everything. And at the end, he yelled, you know, hail Trump, hail our people, something like that. And then he, he put up a his hand in the Nazi salute and and a lot of people in the public also put up their hand in a kind of Zig Heil Nazi salute kind of way. So either he is, or is he's, he's at least using that kind of language to promote himself, which is bad enough, right? It's, it's to me, it's equally as bad. So uh, him getting punched on the street led to an array of conversation about the video whether it's okay to punch a Nazi. 
and not just Richard Spencer in particular, but in general. Is it ethical to punch a Nazi? Is it is it okay to punch a Nazi? And it got uh, outside just the social media conversation to many articles that I when I looked there's there's an article on pretty much every platform from the Guardian to the Washington Post and a bunch of uh, more unknown uh, websites and I noticed that Dan took the position in favor of punching Nazis and uh, if I'm misrepresenting you know you'll have all the time in the world to correct me and clarify but basically you took the position that it is ethical to punch a Nazi. It's, it, there's nothing wrong with it. And it might be even necessary to do it, which I thought was an interesting point of view to take. Personally, myself, I don't advocate for, for violence at all. Just to clarify for this podcast, don't advocate. I don't advocate for violence whatsoever. And personally, I'm of the opinion that there is nothing a person could believe or an opinion they could hold or anything they could say that would justify either me physically harming them or even me condoning someone else physically harming them. So at first I wasn't too interested in the conversation because really it's very pretty much black and white in that sense for me. Just, you know, don't hit people if they, if they, all they've done is disagree with you. If they hold ideas, no matter how bad they are, even if it's, it's a Nazi, Completely different situation if it's somebody in self-defense, they're attacking you physically and you have to fight back with physical violence to keep yourself from harm, then that's where it's a totally different conversation. But if it's just what this person has said, I don't see how it can be condoned. So I, I'm not really going to try and debate Dan on, on this issue because my position is pretty clear. It's It's not that complex. I think Dan's position is more complex and I have a lot of kind of ethical and more moral questions to kind of you know we could go through but first I want Dan to also talk about the situation and clarify what is his position sure I'm happy to so to start to make it very clear if you're walking down the street and you see a person in a Trump hat don't punch them like the the, the main structure of the entire argument is that we're talking about actual Nazis, not just some racist jerk, uh, not even the, the KKK. Because the difference here is someone in the Klan, while they hold disgusting, horrible, racist views, their ideology today, and this, you know, we could talk about a long time ago when they were known for lynching, but the ideology of the Klan today is that white people and people of color should live apart. They don't hold a genocidal view. They aren't trying to murder anybody anymore. And that's the position they hold. So unless they're actually physically trying to harm somebody, and it does happen, so we need to be prepared, you don't punch a, a clan person just from seeing them or from them talking. We see them constantly have parades and we have counter protests. We are just louder. We, you know, use words because I am for peaceful protest in any way that we can until it doesn't work anymore. So to clarify on that, it has to be somebody 
that we can look at. And you gave some examples of what, you know, kind of constitutes Richard Spencer being a Nazi using the Nazi salute, using language of the Nazis. Uh, but also on his uh, old website, which isn't there anymore, which was alternativeright.com, he hosted two different articles, not written by him, but commissioned by him, in which he argued whether or not it was ethical to kill people of color, to eradicate them, what he called, or what the author called, a peaceful ethnic cleansing. And then in another article right after that asked, do people of color actually even serve a purpose? As in, do we even need them on this planet? So Spencer has, has made it very clear that he envisions a world without minority groups. And that's a dangerous idea. So for me, as a, as a white male, I'm not in jeopardy of Spencer's ideology. But when you have people of color, people of other minority groups, LGBTQ people, who literally have somebody who is organizing a mass movement that would literally eradicate them, that's a different kind of threat. And it's a threat that an alt-right person is now in the White House with Trump's ear. So we've got Steve Bannon, who you know, was the, you know, the editor-in-chief of Breitbart who it, you know, very much aligns with the alt-right way of thinking. Does he go as far as Spencer? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem that he's of the ethnic cleansing type, but having him in there with that close tie to someone like Spencer, it's, it's, it's worrisome. Uh, and the people that like Spencer and his, his group feel empowered now. They feel like Trump's victory is their victory. And so we're talking about somebody who is, is trying to pose an actual threat to actual lives. So we're not talking about a debate between ideas as far as, oh, I think we should raise taxes. No, I think we should lower taxes. We're talking about a debate between I think we should raise taxes and I think we should eradicate all people of color. And I think those, those positions are so different that I don't think we're even talking about having a difference of political opinion anymore unless we want to start calling – the call for genocide, a different political opinion. And I think that's a bad place to put that conversation. So I kind of want to establish as like a basis that, yeah, the main example we're talking about here is Richard Spencer, but the conversation online kind of spread as to, should we punch Nazis? And if it's okay with you, I'd like to, we can go back and forth from kind of asking ourselves, should we punch a Nazi in general versus just Richard Spencer, because if not, you know, it's just we're talking, we're debating single person. Do, do you agree right. to that? And I do. I do. Yeah. And I think yeah. uh, and, and when I use Spencer, I kind of only use it as the fact that he's the most recent or not even the most recent, but he is the most well known. But uh, I think in any sense, if you're talking anybody that holds that same exact view that is in the position of, you know, actually trying to organize and making these opinions and uh, ideologies well known in that sense. So because there is that there is that line that we have to talk about. And this is where the nuance comes in, like the 18 year old kid that is swept up by someone like Richard Spencer's words and thinks, oh, that's what I want. 
should he get punched? Or is that the kind of person that we need to look at and say, this is a kid mixed up in the wrong crowd and we need to get him out of there. And, you know, we can use words and reason to get him out. And so I think there is, you know, that's, that's the nuance of this entire thing is it's not just run around punching anybody that you think is a Nazi. It's what's the power this person holds What's their goal and what's and what does, if anything, punching them accomplish? So to begin with, I want to ask. Richard Spencer himself does not self-identify as a Nazi, but the question in general posted online and through these articles and that you often commented in this way is that we should punch an, a Nazi. Right. So kind of not talking about Richard Spencer uh, specifically because he doesn't identify as a Nazi. Would you say people should punch anyone who is a Nazi, especially if they identify as such. Oh, if someone says like, yes, I'm a Nazi by all means, uh, because we, we know that they, that they hold the view that ethnic groups must be eradicated and are worth killing. Um, these, these are people that hold like, I'm saying like, we know their end game. We know what they want to accomplish. And, we need to we need to find ways and it's not always punching it can be words so it's you know like here we are having this really in you know very detailed discussion here that it, you need to look at this situation number one but yes if they're a you know a blatant i'm a nazi i think people of color and minority groups need to be exterminated I think that person's probably earned <laughs> uh, a clock upside the head because they're posing a real threat. And I, I, I would argue that that standing up against them is self-defense, or at least if you're not, if you're someone like myself, you're then uh, defending others whose lives are literally in jeopardy by this person. So you do agree, if I understand you correctly, anyone who identifies as a Nazi, you should punch that person, correct? I'd, I'd be okay with it. Taking on that, Richard Spencer, for example, doesn't identify as a Nazi. And I, I even gave examples where I think, it, you know, you could uh, label him as a Nazi because he does use that language and everything. But that there's a gray area there, right? Where we, we're, there, there's evidence that he is, right? There's but a, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just, there's evidence, that, but I think and to a certain extent, we're using the word Nazi not as a self-identifier, mm -hmm. but as the ideology that this person holds. So mm. I think we do this a lot. Like someone can say, well, I'm not a Christian. And then they say, but I believe in Jesus Christ and God and blah, blah, blah. And then they go on and on and on. And you say, well, you can say you're not a Christian all you want. You believe in every Christian value. Well, that's, that's kind of what I faith. wanted to ask you is, so in this case, we have a person who doesn't identify as a Nazi. So it's not as clear as a person who just has the swastika tattooed on their chest, right? Um, outright says, I am a Nazi. So if you have a, a person who doesn't identify that way, and you you say like, yeah, okay, there's certain characteristics we can identify, but everybody has their own criteria of how they would identify a Nazi. So do you think also in the case where it's not clear cut, where it's, you know, it's not that they're using the symbology, they, they identify that way. You ask them, are you a Nazi? They say, absolutely, yes. They say no, but you can kind of tell that they are. Would you advocate, not just for yourself, but for the ether, right, for the world out there, for other people, that it's also okay to punch a person if 
although they don't identify as a Nazi, they have the characteristics of one. I think that <laughs> so that's a bit loaded, but I think the the right way to look at that is it's not like characteristics. So if they say like, oh, you know, I believe because I you could be a Klan's member and list lots of characteristics that sound like a Nazi. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's the imminent I want to exterminate life, which is I guess I can only say for myself is my line is where I think this person's advocating to actually harm millions of people and they're trying to organize to do so. So it's not like it's just some person that doesn't like black people or doesn't like gay people and wants to have a group that says, oh, we don't like them. But to me, it's not about the label Nazi. It's about the I want to exterminate life on this planet for my race or from I mean, honestly, we could we could talk about if it was somebody that just said, I want to exterminate all gay people They're They're literally advocating to cause, you know, serious harm to that many people, whether or not they're a Nazi or not, they might be fine with people of color. It's only homosexuals. If they're, if they hold that view and are also, you know, working towards it, organizing for it, then that person actually becomes an, a, a real threat. And at that point in your, in any given situation, you need to have a plan on how you're going to, sort of deal with that threat. So that leads me to another question because the ideology of that, you know, you should commit a genocide against a certain group of people. You won't just find it with Nazi ideology. Um, for example, for example, groups like the nation of Islam, the United States, that one of the leaders is Louis Farrakhan. Um, he's on the Southern Poverty Law Center's racist extremist groups the nation of Islam itself is, is on that website as a racist extremist group. They call for violence and, you know, a lot of homophobia. Uh, they spoken out against, uh, against Jewish people as well. And, and anti-Semitism, um, sometimes in, in a violent form, would you also put these people in that same category? Uh, yeah, I, I clearly would. Um, and I think that's where it becomes, the broader conversation because you know a lot of people came to me during this whole thing and said well if you advocate for that's okay to punch a nazi then a christian's going to think it's okay to punch me for being an atheist and i said sure i bet there's lots of christians that already do want to at least but we have to look at these issues one at a time i'm not saying look a muslim holds views that this other extremist muslim holds so we should punch all muslims it's this extremist. Uh, so if someone from ISIS came to the U.S. and started speaking on a street corner about organizing, you know, and recruiting to kill Americans and to, you know, kill apostates and whatnot, I would not bat an eye at myself or somebody else clocking them. What about somebody who's just an ISIS supporter, not a member? Uh, no, and I think that would be the same. I would say becomes the same I was talking about like with the you know the 18 year old Nazi who is swept up in the in the the movement and is like listening and thinking oh this guy has great ideas that person might not be an imminent threat so but and Nazis also you'll find 
Nazis who hold uh, racist views to different degrees. Not all of them necessarily are genocidal. Some of them believe in the separation of races, um, just don't believe in interracial marriage. Uh, See, I I'm don't sure. think that that there uh, there I think you're you're then kind of leaving the Nazi sphere because I think at that point you're talking about racists or white supremacists. Uh, like I said, like the Klan, the Klan is a white supremacist movement, but they're not a Nazi movement because they don't hold the eradication view. And I think that that's a distinct difference that we're, we're talking about here. And I think Nazi could very well be the wrong word. And this is the only word that we all sort of have because that's the word we know. But what we have is a, a mass movement growing for actual genocide and eradication. And I think we kind of we put that into to the Nazi ideology because that's what we saw the Nazis do and they also hold the white supremacist views of the Nazis on top of that so I think the person that just says you know look I'm against interracial marriage well that, that person's clearly a racist and a bigot but but what if they that, actually are Nazis you know they, they, they they've read Mein Kampf they believe in national socialism uh, they believe in the anti-Semitism and they blame the Jews, but they don't call necessary for an eradication of homosexuals and and Jews themselves or black people. Uh, and they do identify as Nazis. I think that they're putting themselves at great risk of being punched because they're putting themselves in the category of, look, I agree with all these things. I may put an asterisk next to it and say maybe not so much on the genocidal thing. But if you're choosing to make yourself a part of a group that end goal is genocide you're putting yourself in in the line of fire and like i said would you and, say and the same kind of, things about about muslims because the the quran itself is pretty hateful and calls for a lot of violence it is i mean but so is the bible and so i think yeah. there that's so, i mean you can use, use either example so it, i mean doesn't i mean i don't mind you can go with the bible if you want of course no i i, I no, i think both I, I didn't, I just meant to say that, you know, yeah. it's a multiple, uh, it goes both ways. But I think what we've seen from religion is, is slightly different than what we've seen from Nazism, where religious groups from, from Islam to Christianity to all different sects of, I mean, even Jewish uh, is a great example, uh, Judaism, I should say, because you've got from the benign liberalism that you know it's sort of like a almost like a culture they believe in the god and they follow some of the rituals and they you know fair weather religious people to moderates that you know tend to believe it a little bit more heavily but have over time taken out the the bad or so so to say or found ways around it and then you've got the extremists so you've got the jihadists you've got the people that walk into planned parenthood and open fire uh You've got people that, you know, are trying to kill, you know, LGBTQ people in the U.S. or and have succeeded. Um, but with Nazism, you don't quite have that. There's no like, oh, I'm a moderate Nazi. I'm a liberal Nazi. You're just a Nazi. And I think that's the and it's, and it's because I think and it's maybe it's only me using it this way. So maybe there's a disconnect here, but. When I think of Nazi, I think of, you know, the white race persevering by eradicating the, the minority groups. But, you know, there actually are Nazi groups in every country in the world. 
in Chile, where I am right now, there are Nazi groups and they're not white. They believe in a lot of the national socialism uh, of economics, of, uh, of race separation. They're also very anti-Semitic. They're usually very homophobic, but they're not white. Would they also count in this category? Well, I think that would be for your country's discretion, because I think at, at least and, and maybe this is the fault of mine. But when I when I'm discussing this whole thing, mm -hmm. I'm being very ethnocentric, uh, a very Americanized version of it. But if you have a group of people in a different country, like like such as yours, that are holding these these views, you have to f decide as a society, as a culture, how dangerous are these views? What are they trying to impose? Are they only trying to impose separation, which we can just legally say no to? Are they growing? Are they, you know, what's their goal? Is their goal to actually start eradic eradication? Then that's a threat. Well, and but you, you, you where, kind of give a lot of nuance for Muslims, though. But anti-Semitism in Islam, despite the huge quantity of Muslims there are, like 1.7 billion, it's pretty overwhelmingly anti-Semitic and pretty overwhelmingly homophobic. And it's, you can see it in, in, in the cases of entire countries uh, in the Middle East or North Africa that really Jews can't live there. And they're, they're, not, they're no longer there for the, for the most part. And homosexuals, they are being killed, right? So there is right. kind of an eradication going, going on. So there's not actually too, too much... Uh, new ones you could say for 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 that so why not just hit muslims in general if there's a pretty good chance statistically that they are anti-semitic and homophobic being anti-semitic and, and, and homophobic and then being a part of a group that is trying to eradicate them are two different things so if i meet a muslim here in the u.s and he says i think same-sex marriage is wrong and then goes about his daily life and isn't trying to kill people and doesn't think that he should, isn't a part of an organization that is versus going to Africa or uh, somewhere in the Middle East uh, is what's a perfect example where they are a part of these groups. Well, we need to be combating these groups with all we have. If they're committing genocide in their countries, we need to be stopping them. But it's, it's still different from, I can go find an atheist who's homophobic. Well, but you're talking about like a more immediate threat, but in that case, isn't aren't Muslims more immediate in that sense? Because you're not going to find, you know, huge quantities of Nazis going out and killing Jews and homosexuals. You will find entire states executing homosexuals and persecuting religious minorities and committing genocides. Correct. So, yeah. So, and, and and those and those states are enemies. Of ours. I mean, mm -hmm. now, 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 not to, I'm not to say the U.S. is actually going and attacking them because we ignore lots of atrocities happening uh, in countries like Darfur and whatnot, where we just sort of think, "Oh, well, genocide. What genocide?" Uh, but I think that's wrong. I think we need to be, and I, and I'm not necessarily saying we need to be bombing them. I'm saying there needs to be strong anti-genocidal uh, intervention in these states by some. By some means, and I don't think in these kind of states, walking into them, punching somebody is going to solve anything because they're past that point. They're to the point now where they're in control and carrying out these acts. 
which need to be stopped. Now, I don't think that translates to walking down the street here in California, seeing a Muslim punching them isn't going to do anything. Number one, they are not a part of that state that's causing it. Number two, they have no power to that state that's causing it. And number three, they might not even hold the belief even anywhere close to what the state is holding. Couldn't you apply all and, those things to Nazis as well, though? Couldn't you say, like, well, that Nazi uh, doesn't hold power, is not necessarily advocating for the same violence of a Nazi in another country, and you don't necessarily know the beliefs of that Nazi in particular? Yes, you very well could. And that's what, one of the things that's, uh, that's important here is you don't just walk into the street, see somebody and say, I think that guy over there is a Nazi and you run over and punch him. Like, and, and this is this. And let's no, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about like he, we know he's a Nazi. I, okay. Identified as a Nazi, right? Swastika on, on his on his shoulder. But we just don't know anything more beyond that. Swastika on his shoulder tells me everything I need to know, honestly. I mean, the swastika on the shoulder says... I'm identifying with the Nazi party. This is the, that's the, that's their identification. I mean, that's, that's like me wearing a shirt that has a, I mean, if you wear a shirt that has a giant swastika on it, you're saying I'm part of this movement. Now, if I'm not, well, that's shit. I shouldn't be wearing this shirt. <laughs> that's, that becomes a much different scale. So if somebody was walking around, you know, back to your Muslim example, someone walking around saying, I support the genocide in, or I support the ex government, and we know that government is literally genocidal. That person becomes, I, that person identifies that. But as I was saying again, we're talking about, so to, to jump back into the name of Richard Spencer, that's a target. That's a person that we know wields power, wields influence, and is recruiting for his I want to. You know, commit these acts. And oh, I want can to I build throw an example out there for you sure. on, uh, on on what you just said? Because I, I mm -hmm. so Muslim is too broad. But let's say for some reason you could identify a person as a supporter of the government of Iran. Okay, and that's you don't know anything beyond that. They support the government of Iran, and the government of Iran executes homosexuals. Uh, attacks religious minorities, calls for the extermination of Israel. They've said multiple times they wanted to burn it in a lake of fire, all kind of things. They wish for death of America. So they are speaking. They have the language of genocide. They advocate for it as a as a powerful government, and they are actively killing homosexuals, and dissidents, and uh, atheists. Uh, so all kind of, of of atrocities really going on. A lot of power th that they're actually executing. In that case, would you also advocate for hitting that person? Again, you don't know what they advocate for. They just say that they support the government of Iran. And we know the government of Iran says this, does this, etc. So I would say no, but mm. with, the, with the caveat of I would not also advocate for the punching of someone who just says, oh, I'm sympathetic or I support Richard Spencer. Mm -hmm. because that, I mean, that would be, I'd be running around punching lots of atheists that don't necessarily support Richard Spencer, but are advocating for his right to speech, which to me, you're advocating for the right for someone to promote genocide. I think that's horrendously wrong. And I would love to you know, have that talk and, and debate that point. But to me, that's not the punchable offense. 
the punchable offense is if this person that you just described was standing on the sidewalk saying, come with me, we're going to join together in support of this government and we're going to carry out these acts and bubble, and, you know, going on and, and recruiting and being a, a vocal aspect of that movement. So, cause I think we're, when we're looking at supporters, we have to realize that how many ex Nazis can we talk to, especially or neo Nazis, which is the more general term for what we generally see around the U S that are no longer neo Nazis. They've, they've been argued out of that terrible position. Uh, you know, they were, you know, followers, they were just a part of it. They were in it. They were raised that way possibly. And then something happened and they sort of were like, wow, this is a horrible life I'm leading. I'm, I'm hurting people. They've come to their senses in some sense that, that we can do with all. But I think, so we have to be careful that we're talking about not just the, the person that's supportive, but the person that is like, you know, out there doing, doing it. So they're the, you know, the Spencer who is recruiting, advocating, forming these, this movement, the person that comes in and just says, Oh, what are you talking about? Let me listen. Oh, that does sound good to me. Not necessarily that person, but the person that says, Oh, wow, that sounds good to me. Let me go start that in my community and let me start advocating for this. And then let's let me, you know, terrorize the people that live across the street. They might not cause physical violence to them, but let me, let me make them feel uncomfortable. That's when we have to start looking. And I think a lot of times if, if people grew up in, in the right age group in the U S and went to punk shows, they punched Nazis all the time because the U S punk scene in the eighties was just rot with, with Nazis and, uh, you know, neo-Nazis and white supremacists who came to shows and made it the deal to, to say, look, we're here. This is, this is our venue. This is a white only venue, this and that. And fights broke out. That was an everyday thing for the punk scene here. And lots of, kids came out of that and said, wow, this is not a good scene. This is not what I want to be. Uh, so we have to look at the, the big scale of who and why. And so I think it's really important, and I, I, I want to just reiterate this again, just for the safety of, of people, is that I'm not advocating running around just punching people. And even if someone just is out there saying like, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I support what Richard Spencer is doing, that's not a person I would go hit. That's a person I would argue with okay. and talk to. Uh, mm -hmm. The person that said, oh, I support what Spencer's doing. Check out this organization I've formed. We're doing this and blah, 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 blah. And then starts going on and talking about how they're going to, you know, how they're working to fulfill these goals. I probably would not be able to just use my words anymore. And maybe that's just, maybe I'm just hot tempered. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think you get to a point where we have to separate, you know, words from, from acts. And we have to. I'm all for using nonviolent tactics for as long as humanly possible. But, you, but we are talking about punching a person who has not done anything physically, right? Just for we are talking about just for their ideas. Like Richard Spencer said that you know what did he say? So, like a passive genocide or something like that? What was a it? A, a peaceful ethnic cleansing. A peaceful e ethnic cleansing. We're talking that degree, but still we're just talking about words. If I understand you correctly, right? Correct. We are because he hasn't reached. But the the great the worst thing that we would do, and one of the things that I've talked about a lot is 
when I talk to people about this and I say, well, when is it okay then? And they say, well, when they start rounding up people. Well, then again, we're getting to something physical though, right? But correct. But this is me asking other people their, their line. Where, where, where's, where's, you know, where's your threshold to, okay, now it's time to intervene. And the most, the most common answer I get is when they start rounding up people. And my answer to that is when we get to that sort of point, punching is useless. That's when we've started, we've started world wars for, or not, well, we've been involved in world wars. We didn't get involved to stop the Nazis from killing people, but that's, that's a, 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 a too late. And to, to me, using our words, using everything we can, and then having to use, you know, fists at some point to say, your ideas aren't welcome here. Go back to the dark hole you crawled out of. We're not doing this again is where that is for me. It's, it's about pushing that back and making, I, I like the term that's been going around since the election is make racists afraid again. They feel so empowered and ready to come out and speak and feel like they have this right to spread this genocidal hate speech without any consequence. And what we've seen from Antifa and Black Bloc is that, sure, go on the sidewalk and speak your mind. But there's consequences for spreading genocidal hate speech. And we're not going to allow that to rise here. And at some point, words run out. And people like Richard Spencer aren't going to be reasoned out of their position. And he needs to feel a level of of fright of, of, of being frightened to just go out and speak these words in public because we can't ever let that happen again. We can never let... Uh, you know, a Nazi Germany rise again. And unfortunately, in certain countries, we've let degrees of this happen and no action has been taken. And right now here in the U.S., you know, groups of people are, are taking action to ensure that doesn't happen. Uh, before we continue, I, I just want to say when I was ta using the example of Muslims or uh, an ISIS supporter or somebody who just supports the government of Iran, don't punch those people. <laughs> it's just a hypothetical <laughs> for comparison. Please don't don't take that as I was uh, I was trying to advocate for for punching those people. I advocate for punching no one. Uh, I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting it up. <laughs> Lalo <Sorry>. says. <laughs> Lalo said. Right. So um, no, I'm just I'm just trying to draw uh, um, you know hypothetical parallels to get an understanding of of your position. And I think I, I understand like the basically the the punching then is kind of an intimidation tactic of sorts um but then is one punch enough so when we're talking about punching nazis okay that in that video is one punch but you as dan arell can't really control the, the violence that's going on correct so when you say punching someone we're really just talking about physical violence now are you just for, if you could control this, just one punch? Or do you think it should go beyond that? Should it, should it be multiple punches? Should it be, you know, taking a stick to the person? Maybe a knife? Maybe a gun? Why, why stop at a, at a punch? And if you, they know you're going to just stop at one punch, then they're not really going to be in, intimidated. And, and that's where the, I think... People are going to know that. It's like, oh, you know, we punched them, but, you know, it's just one punch. They, they came back. They, they gave another talk. Maybe we need to do more. Maybe we need to bring, a, you know, a group of 100 people and we need to all have sticks and maybe knives. 
I mean, that could happen, right? Oh, for sure. And I think, I think that punching a Nazi is almost a metaphor, I guess, is one way of looking at it. Because uh, look at deplatforming of, of Milo, um, whose last name I can never pronounce properly. Uh, Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos, uh, I think, yeah. Yiannopoulos, yeah. Uh, we can, he's... Uh, argue you know for or against the platforming all you want he's been deplatformed multiple times and no one had to throw a punch uh i'm for deplatforming richard spencer in just the same way and you may not ever have to throw a punch uh well that's think that's a different at, subject though i kind of want to stay on punching. But, but what i'm saying what yeah. i'm saying is and I, i'm trying to wrap this back in is mm-hmm. what happened was you know so to look at the richard spencer video first is that was that activist looking at that scenario and saying, I'm stopping him now. And that was his deplatforming moment. So he chose the fist and he hit Richard Spencer on the side of the head. And because punching people is illegal, he took off. Uh, given the chance, he probably would have done a few more hits or kicks. Uh, and I don't know where this particular activist would have stopped. Uh, but I think, and I can only speak for myself here, and I can kind of speak through uh, the far-left groups that I'm you know, really involved in in long discussions we've had about this, is that our goal here, whether it be, whether it be the punch or some sort of deplatforming tactic, is to make these people feel unwelcome and scared to bring these ideas forward. It's not to send Richard Spencer to the hospital with a cracked skull. Uh, and a lot of us talked about, and, and I'll tell you, there are people on the left that said, nah, send him to the hospital with a cracked skull. I don't advocate for that personally, because I don't think that the goal that we're trying to achieve needs that to go there. People have asked me, at what point do I think we shoot a Nazi? And my answer to that is, when other people say that we should be rounding them up or, or punching them, when they're starting to round people up and they have the power and the control to actually commit their acts of genocide, that's when we have to escalate to, you know, these sort of tactics to save human lives. Now I'm looking at this as what sort of tactics do we have to use to make sure these people cannot be successful in their organizing? And for me, look, if I would have walked past Richard Spencer and saw him speaking that day, I don't know. So let, let's put ourselves in, in, in that in that sure. situation where okay, you you go and you do punch him, right? Mm-hmm. Punching someone isn't necessarily going to lead to a bloody nose. It could lead to any kind of consequence. It could be that they barely felt it, to you damage their spine and they can't walk again, to you give them brain damage, to you, they lose their eyesight, and all the way to death. That can I I actually did see the situation once in my university in California. Uh, it was kind of a famous case for our school. There was a fight, and literally with one punch, one student hit the other. His head hit the pavement, cracked it open, and he died. Mm-hmm. So you can die from from a punch. You can you know you can get all kinds of injuries. So my question is: Are you prepared? to accept the consequence, whatever it is, with that punch? I think you have to be. 
um, if you're going to throw that punch. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest, if that punch would have hit Richard Spencer and he would have fallen over and cracked his skull open and lost his life, I would not have felt pity. I mean, that might sound terrible to say, but he is a awful, despicable human being who wishes to cause innumerable amounts of damage. Uh, do I want that to happen to him? No. Would I have felt bad about it? No. I mean, when Anton, Antonin Scalia died, our Supreme Court justice, I did not even feel sad for a second that someone like that was gone from this planet because the damage he had caused and the damage he wished to cause to people was just insurmountable. It was awful. Uh, did I did I sit at home wishing Antonin Scalia died? Absolutely not. I wanted him off the bench. That's all I want. But it's a very different thing when you kind of wish bad people die or you don't feel empathy if they pass away from natural causes. It's a very different thing when you're the one causing the physical harm or you're the one killing them, obviously. Correct. And uh, But I think you have to be aware of the end. So, yeah, I don't want to advocate. So please don't go kill a Nazi. Uh, but... But if, I mean, again, just punch, like said, if, 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 just you, if this punch, goes on enough, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, one, I don't think even people necessarily could control themselves as to far as just one punch. A lot of these cases, you know, it, it does build up, obviously, to more drastic measures, more, you know, uh, heightened uh, degrees of violence. But even just one stick to the head, one punch in the right place, and you could cause, you know, irreparable damage to the person or just death. So... Do you see, would you see it as a good thing that in the country, in the U.S., if you saw in a week's time 10 cases of Nazis getting hit and the, the degree of damage can be anywhere from a bloody nose to one guy, you know, cracked his head open and lost his eyesight and some of the cases were death. Would you see this as a positive thing overall? Grand scheme of things, I think it would be better than doing nothing, honestly. I, I I even feel weird saying it because I do – I mean I'm a human. I struggle with that balance. I don't want anybody to die. But I don't want an ideology that is so damaging and destroying to human life to feel that – we're too afraid to act against it because one of these literal human pieces of garbage could die. So to, to I add, don't a, give add a criteria a to that. So let's say the 10 people I talked about there in that week who had all kind of different damage. Let's say not all of them are just straight white men of 30 years of age. Let's say one of them was a 12 year old child and another was an 85-year-old man, and another was a woman, and another was a person in a wheelchair. But all of them hold the, uh, the, the same ideas that you find egregious that would justify hitting somebody like Spencer. Of course. Well, the 12-year-old's kind of a no-brainer to me. This is a person that is in zero true control well, but all of the of people we're, we're, we're talking about, for the most part, you know, uh, 
they get these ideas from the home. So all of these people, even Richard Spencer, like I think in the most cases, a lot like religion, it, it came from the parents. So at some point, you know, Richard Spencer was a 12 year old kid thinking this, you know, a lot of Nazis are, they, they, they had these ideas and inculcated into them at, at a certain age. Right. But I don't believe, I think, and it goes back to what I was saying, a 12 year old is never going to be as a 12 year old in the position to organize and or carry out or be in the power 16 year old carry could. these things out not really no 16 year old is going to be taken seriously enough to 16 to, 18 he might be able let's to say organize teenager, his friends let's say teenage age okay but i even brought that up earlier when mm-hmm. we were talking i think these are the people that we can try and reach and like i said because to me it's it is non-violence first and we do i believe we should always start with the engagement process with the, why do you believe this? Why, you know, and, yeah. and going through this and having that debate because people at a certain level can be reasoned out of this. That's why I mentioned like white supremacists that are no longer white supremacists who go on tour with their swastika tattoos to speak about the dangers of white supremacy. And how what about the out. other cases I, I mentioned? Uh, an elderly man, 80 or 90 years old, a woman, a person in a wheelchair. No problem with those? Well, Depends. I guess that would depend on their their position. I mean, the person no, in the wheelchair e- equal. I, I mean, um, equal, equal in, in the ideology. Re- I'm, I'm saying. Are, uh, are we are we making them equal like equal to Richard Spencer as an ideology or uh, the most just, egregious you can you can think of? Because I, I, I don't want I I don't want it to be a equal playing field for all these people. I wanted the distinction to be their physical attributes not the so okay all of them believe in in the in a genocidal kind of idea they spread it they spread it around uh they have websites but they all have these different physical attributes one is a woman one is an elderly man somebody's in a wheelchair is it those 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 elements make any difference for you should people go around punching women who are nazis basically is the question (laughs) yeah, to put that simply, I, I I don't think I can differentiate there. Mm-hmm. Like, I I've 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 grown up with the the don't ever punch a woman ideal, but uh, I mean, there's plenty of women Antifa members. The Black Bloc has plenty of women in there. Uh, if if we're going to agree that a man can't punch a woman, there's plenty of uh, anti-fascist women in this planet that will step up to the plate and take care of that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't think that we should be looking at this from a, how, what, you know, what does this person have for physical attributes? We should look at what does this person wield in power and in, and in strength of this movement and does intervening physically do anything to stop that? Which I think becomes, uh, you know, a whole other topic of not so not only are we discussing is it okay to punch a Nazi? I mean, you could even agree that sure, someone who wants to commit thing, but then you could have an, a whole separate argument as of does it achieve anything? And so I think we have to look at that. Is if the eighty-five year old man you're describing is wielding the power to carry, you know, to to push forward the idea of carrying out these acts that I don't have sympathy for him because he's 85. 
he's still trying with every last year of his life to systematically slaughter entire minority groups. And do you think this is well, for example, a person who supports ISIS, right? Who, who's, who's like, and, and you mean in, in the same sense, correct? So I'm not looking at somebody who's sitting at home saying, you know, oh, I think ISIS is doing okay. But yeah, someone who's... On the street, holding a sign says, behead the infidel. Uh, oh, yeah. Everyone should join so, ISIS kind of thing. One, one example I thought that came up to me once, and I, I'll... I'll forget his name. He's he's in jail now from the UK. M massive ISIS sympathizer. Uh, Ajam Chowdhury? Uh, Ajam Yeah, I would have knocked the teeth out of okay. his mouth. No, no question. That person was doing the exact same thing I think Richard Spencer is doing, but for a different organization that is seeking to murder and slaughter and carry out these acts. Uh, I think it's a great justice that he's locked up for this those views uh but do you think that we would see the same phenomenon online of people saying should we go out and punch isis supporters or islamists or jihad or jihad supporters or um supporters of, of the saudi government supporters of the iranian government um do you, i don't think in the united states you'd see nationwide conversation debating that do you? I, I don't think so either. I, I Why think, do you think that is? Or, well, honestly, I think, honestly, in the U.S., and, and maybe I'm wrong here, uh, I don't think that they'd see a big problem with it because the U.S. has, and I don't mean, I, I, I want to say propaganda, but it's not necessarily propaganda because we know ISIS is terrible and evil. It's not a lie to say they are, and you don't really have to propagandize them to to understand that but uh they're seen as the enemy i mean there's there's nothing in the u.s that we talk about more as the biggest scariest threat to our livelihood than isis and and jihadists so i think if someone was on the side of the street preaching that ideology and they got hit we would as a nation we'd barely bat an eye or we'd say, we had that coming. You know, we don't we don't take kindly to that kind of route here. But for some reason, when it comes to Nazis, we seem to think, oh, well, wait, we need to listen to these ideas. Like he's just he's just has a different political opinion, but we would not hold that to degree to a, a, a radical Islamist or you know a jihadist. We're just we're not going to do that. Uh, Although I would say that there's probably a pretty good section of the uh, the liberal side of this country that would probably be up in arms, uh, because there's there's definitely a section of liberalism in the U.S. that hasn't quite come around to understanding uh, radical Islam yet. When we talk about hitting these Nazis who hold those really really egregious ideas, should we only? engage in, in violence in these cases like that guy who punched Richard Spencer probably didn't plan to find him there in that in that moment, correct? It was just a random encounter, encounter. So do you think it would be a good thing to actually be active about it and that people looked for these for, for Nazis and went to go hit them and use physical violence against them? No. 
I, I think what we need to be looking at is uh, Richard Spencer has a college tour coming up. We need to be showing up to his college tour and shutting it down and deplatforming him. Uh, we need to be showing up uh, with violence, with with hitting with hitting people there who are there to support him. No, no, no. I I, I mean in the same exact way that we've seen uh, Antifa and Black Bloc shut down Milo at Berkeley is show up and be louder and and get him off. Uh, start. I mean, before that even happens, get him kicked off the campus before it. Ha- he should be, in my view, what he's preaching, so to say has no place on a college campus. Uh, we're not talking about ideas. We're talking about genocide. Uh, so I don't think that we need to be even offering him a platform in this sense. He can go speak in his house and invite people over. He can go talk in a field somewhere. Uh, but we don't. what we need to be doing is stopping him from speaking. So it's the punching a Nazi thing really stretches to the opportunity. Like, like you said, the, this black bloc activist wasn't walking around looking for Richard Spencer to punch him. He was walking down the street, saw Richard Spencer, and took an opportunity while Richard Spencer was on camera literally talking about the alt-right and his, his, his views to take that shot. If this was a university, I'd say, no, let's do this differently. If Richard Spencer came outside and started engaging... I would expect him to get clocked. But we, we don't need, and I've, I, I've even said this, like, don't go sit in front of Richard Spencer's house and punch him every time he walks out. Like, that's not what we're trying to accomplish. What we want, what we want, we don't want Richard Spencer to be afraid to walk outside and go to the grocery store. We want Richard Spencer to be afraid to go outside and grab a microphone and spread a genocidal ideology. So, you're talking about Richard Spencer and his ideas according to your yeah, well, criteria though. But you, do you think you might be setting a precedent where people might take that kind of action to people that they find egregious and as bad as him that you disagree with, but you've already said like, well, I find his ideas so bad that I think he should be punched. But a, another person can think, Oh yes, and I find this other person's ideas just as bad, if not worse. And Dan agreed with me that you know we should be punching people, and and it's out there, right now. You may not agree with that person specifically on the details, and not maybe not punch that person, but you're not going to be able to have this debate with every with individuals, right? We we, we it's out there that we should punch Nazis. And you, you know very well, as, as well as I do, that in today's world, the term Nazi just gets thrown around like nothing, right? Everyone's a Nazi and everyone's right. Hitler. Um, now, that kind of sounds like a joke, but there are people out there who really think that some groups are as bad as Nazis, right? There are some people who think uh, Black Lives Matter are as bad as Nazis. There are some people, there are some feminists who think MRAs are as bad as Nazis. There are... Uh, there are some um, Trump supporters who think uh, all Muslims are as bad as Nazis, et cetera, et cetera. Like so there, you can, you know, find all these kinds of, of people who think this group is as bad as them, if not worse. Now, if you say we should punch Nazis, 
that could obviously translate to, you know, the, the rest of the world that, oh, yeah, and what about these other people? That And that's that kind of comes to me as the slippery slope analogy. You're opening the door for more. And, you Does know, I kind of look at... Does that bother you at all? Do you worry about it? It's, it's, it's a concern that people... But what I look at is, so a lot of people come to me and said, well, yeah, but then Christians are going to think that they can just go kill the people that they think are wrong. And I said, they do. And Richard Deere walked into a Planned Parenthood and killed like five people. Well, yeah, because, but that's the point. We don't, we, you don't want to have the same result. But he didn't need justification from the left punching a Nazi to feel that he needed to do that. Um, and I mean, I, I, this sort of sounds like I'm joking, but like after we defeated the Nazis, in world war ii we didn't just go around and keep shooting people we we stopped like so we have to look at ideas we have to not all ideas are equal and we have to i i what what i, I want to remember real quick the wording i use when i wrote this in a blog post is someone had put forward the point that they were against punching nazis because as an atheist they didn't want to get punched for being an atheist Mm-hmm. And at surface level, that sounds pretty valid because we know atheists are, are rather marginalized. And uh, speaking U.S. centric wise, um, there's people that find atheism very scary and threatening to their Christian beliefs. And so to think, oh, well, I don't think we should punch Nazis because I don't want to get punched by that crazy Christian that thinks this. That to me rang cowardice because I I can say that by punching a Nazi there can be a goal of ending actual genocide. Now I'm not saying that punch does that, but that that's that's the that's the reasoning behind it is you're trying to stop an actual provable, you know, historical evil from rising again. The person that punches an atheist because their Christianity feels threatened by him is just wrong. There's no historical history to show that this person, just by being an atheist, is trying to impose anything on that person. And so if we give into that idea, that means we're then taking the, the Nazi ideology of genocide and raising it to the same level or lowering it to the same level as other people's really bad ideas of, oh, well, I don't like this person's, you know, men's rights activism. They're as bad as Nazis. Like, that's just plain wrong. And we have to be smarter than that as a people. And the truth is, is that if somebody really thinks that, that it's, there's no, that's not the punching of a Nazi that's going to open that door for them. If they're ready to punch an MRA activist, I guess that might be redundant, but an MRA person for those beliefs, they're already ready to do that. That person's already beyond that point. I don't think there's a person that's going to say, "Oh wow, so since I can punch people that want to punch for that want, you know, mass genocide, that just makes my idea that this person that thinks that I should be paid 70 cents less deserves to get punched too." I want to touch on what you were just talking about with a uh, cowardice. Um so for example, there's an MMA fighter called Melvin Costa 
I don't know if you're familiar with him. I, I just kind of found him actually I'm, I'm for preparing for this. Actually, he's not famous too much, I think. Um, but he's covered in Nazi propaganda and, and tattoos. He's a white supremacist, MMA fighter, professional. Um, would you punch that that Nazi yourself? Would you would you punch Melvin Costa knowing he's an MMA fighter? Oh no, because I will lose that fight. <laughs> so so by but by, by that logic you would only punch Nazis who are weaker than you? Not necessarily weaker, but I'm not going to set myself up to, uh, I mean, if I saw somebody, but it sounds to me, I got to admit that sounds a little cowardice in the sense that you're saying you would hit (laughs) Nazis that, you know, wouldn't be able to beat you up back. Yeah, you've already got me on that one. But it's the same in the same uh, sense. Like I would not uh, suggest a black blocker go punch somebody who's holding a gun because you're going to be on the losing end of that. Uh, Well, but but when we're talking about punching Nazis, the Nazis can hit back, right? So, so when when we're when you advocate to hit a Nazi, you're putting that person who is punching also in danger, aren't you? You are. And so you have to evaluate your situation. I mean, I'm not going to go punch Mike Tyson for being a rapist because he's going to pummel me into the ground and kill me. Do you think your Nazis have the right to defend themselves in these cases? Oh, yeah. You're 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 engaging them in physical altercation. Uh You're inviting them to fight back. I mean, that's 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 just I mean, there's no way around it. You can't I cannot set a rule that it's okay to punch Nazis and they cannot defend themselves. If you hear of cases of people fighting Nazis and those people who are attacking getting hurt, would you be okay with that result? With the result of the one doing the hitting against the Nazi, they're ending up in wheelchairs, their head getting cracked open, some of them dying. Do you think that's a that's a worthwhile result from this? I, I do not want that to happen. But knowing um, that could happen... But knowing that could happen, that person that's going to do that needs to be aware of what they're doing. I mean, anytime. I mean, you could be in a in a bar and see somebody harassing somebody and step in to intervene, and the same outcome is comes of that. It's you're stepping into that scenario, and you have to be prepared to do so. so the person that's intervening or or stepping in is taking on that risk and responsibility themselves but are you okay with the responsibility of advocating for that for those people to do it yeah i am if Mm -hmm. if that's what that person thinks is the right thing to do okay um so this leads me to a question about legality so technically if you go up and you punch a nazi and they hit you back but let's say the whole thing is recorded you're still at fault, of course, according to the mm-hmm. law, if you hit first. Um, but the law is basically a reflection of what society deems moral, correct? So my question is, do you think the law should also reflect that it should be okay to hit Nazis? No. Why not? Because, and, and this is, I, I've actually given this a lot of thought because a lot of people have brought up different aspects of the law and free speech and, you know, at what lines do we draw? And and just like you said, the law sort of reflects society's morality at the time. 
And so if I advocate for a law that says it's okay to punch Nazis, when they become in charge or another group becomes in charge and, society, and they, they have the power to change, quote unquote, society's you know, moral compass, they have the power to say it's okay to do X to so-and-so. Uh, I don't think I don't think the state is necessarily the best thing to put in charge of such laws, because we've already seen that slavery was once legal. Like things like that, like laws aren't always the best redeemer of what's actually morally right. Um, there's a there's a meme going around from a from a website, and it's of like a, a punching Nazi uh, FAQ. And it says, well, you know, what do I do after I punch a Nazi? And it says, run. It's still illegal. It might be moral, but you're still going to get arrested. Uh, and the, the, the thought process is there is, you know, look, we're not looking to change the laws to make it open season on Nazis. Because we understand that that law can be changed to be open season on X, on white people, on atheists on muslims on christians on but isn't Jews. that a, an argument against you because if you believe the law is correct and the laws are a reflection of you know what's morally correct and ethically correct but i don't think i don't necessarily think the laws are correct i just don't think that the laws are the best way of of dealing with situations like this i don't think that, that it should be the state that's deciding who and what and when can be uh deemed worthy or unworthy or bad or evil because who's to stop the state from becoming the evil but also who's to stop the people from becoming the evil because they can also organize and have extremist uh, vigilante groups that start building up from the violence they do against nazis well that's that will become the difference of opinion on extremists because I think there's probably a f quite a few people that would label uh, Antifa as an extremist group, and I would not. Do you do you do you have confidence that people could actually have the rationality to actually measure this well, to actually organize themselves in a way where they attack Nazis under the right criteria that you agree with, and use the exact right measure of violence that you agree with? Do you think that's possible that, that it'll stay within that criteria? I think for the most part, yes. Uh, you have a now, lot more confidence in humanity than I, I do. Think maybe I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I do. I think the people that are willing to do such a thing uh, have put, put a lot more thought into it than the person that just, you know, slugs somebody on the side of the street for no reason. Uh I mean, I think we see casual acts of violence every day. Uh, just the guy that loses his cool at the bar, the guy that loses his cool at the guy that cut him off. Uh, you know, we see these things constantly. And so I don't think that that's not going to be at, I'm not going to have this wonderful utopia where only the perfect, you know, this person meets every check mark gets hit someday. But I think the people that are the people that are having this discussion, the people that are really involved in these sorts of actions, and uh, I mean, I, I'm talking from the protests to the guy that punched Richard Spencer, are putting a lot more thought and care, and it, it's not just run of the mill people running around the streets doing whatever they want. These are uh, 
these are calculated actions or calculated protests. Uh, they know what's what they're doing. Uh, as it grows, if if it grows, I shouldn't say as it grows. If it grows, I'm hoping it doesn't because I'm hoping that Nazism does not spread. I'm hoping it starts to squander again. I want it back where it belongs in the trash bins of history. But in in that case, like you, that's what you want. You want it to the to be in the trash bins of history. You you don't want these people out there doing what they're doing. And everything. So, my question is: Do do you think that punching people is effective? Do you think violence is going to lead to the results that you you want? Short answer: Yes. Uh, long answer: It needs a lot more than that. That's not the that's not the be all end all. It needs I can't to think be... of any example historically where violence such as you're describing the social kind of vigilantism where people are attacked for their ideas by just citizens who deem them deplorable <laughs> um, works in a kind of very humanitarian kind of way with a good result well it I guess you'd have to define good result uh I think we've seen plenty of citizens rise up and and take action. Uh, results will vary depending on how that goes. Uh, but I mean, I mean, look at different, you know, different uh, governments being overthrown by people. But we're not talking about about the people overthrowing a government. We're talking about people attacking other people in their society for the ideas they hold. Not exactly the same thing. Not exactly, but what that's what they're working towards. The Nazis don't want to just be a part of society. They want to run society. Isn't that also kind of what they say, like they say about the Jews though? Don't Nazis say it's like, oh, these people are deplorable for their ideas and how they think and they also hey, they run the government. We don't have a we don't have actual evidence that that's the case though. These are people spreading a hateful message against Jews. With no backing. At this point in history, in 2017, we know what the Nazis want. We, they've already shown us once. So in this, in this circumstance, and that's why I, I oftentimes don't like to completely go back and compare it to what if in you know, the 1920s someone had punched Hitler. Uh, because it doesn't equate. Because at that point, there was nobody to point back and say, yeah, but look, 70 years ago, X. They don't have that. Today, we know what this movement is trying to do. So we're, we have to look at it and, and not so much a historical context of how do we fight it, but in a this has never truly happened before in this way. How do we stop it from – how do we stop history from repeating itself now? Because that's what they want. They want history to repeat itself. And if we don't step up and, and take multiple layers of actions – they're going to succeed because they've already shown us that they can succeed. They elected the president they wanted. They put people in, in power they wanted. So you tweeted um, in this kind of whole debate uh, over many tweets, but one of your tweets I, I thought was interesting, kind of speaks to this a little. You tweeted, if I was on a plane filled with 1,000 Nazis, I'd take it down myself. What did you mean by that? 
so that was the response to the meme going around saying that people uh, wanting Trump to fail as president was like wanting your uh, pilot to crash the plane. They were trying to say that we should all want Trump to be uh, victorious as a president because then we're all victorious as a country. Uh, what I what I see in that stance is I of course want Trump to be a horrendous failure because the things he's trying to accomplish I don't want him to accomplish. What would make him a quote unquote success would be detrimental to humankind. A Muslim, a permanent Muslim ban, a wall that keeps immigrants out, uh, guns in schools, uh, no health care, all these things I think would be failures. So in a sense, I was kind of only making a joke that people just really took seriously and hammered me for for days and days. But what I was saying is, well, I think it, it, it combined on, in during the same time you were saying we should punch Nazis. So, right. It, so it I, sort of overlapped. Yeah. But my, 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 the, the whole analogy was if, so, you know, here, here we are, America's a plane and we don't want it to crash. Well, I don't want Trump to be a failure, a, a, a success because of what his success means. And I kind of took that and said, if I was on a plane that was filled with, the, I think I said a thousand, which would be a huge plane, but, uh, uh you know, let's say a hundred Nazis. I would take that plane down. These are a hundred people that want to cause how much damage versus just me. Do you think then in that case, would you be okay with kind of committing a genocide against the Nazis, like all neo-Nazis in the United States? No. Cause I don't think we, I don't think we have to do that to be successful. I don't think that's a necessity. I don't think that that would, I'm trying to think because in the grand scheme of things, I believe in a right to life for everybody. I just think that if you hold genocidal views that you have to have, there's consequences for those views. Uh, I don't think wrangling up neo-Nazis and exterminating them is a, is a necessary step to that goal. Uh, I think if they organize and attack, and we have to kill a bunch to do so, like we did in World War II. That's a whole different thing. Are there any other beliefs, um, I, I, ideologies with similar beliefs, I should say, uh, that you would include in Nazism? In Nazism? I'm sorry, aside, or, or, or as, aside from Nazism. Uh, well, I think we touched on, you know, jihadism. Mm -hmm. the, the, the want to... So, you know, uh, Islamic extremists in that sense. Uh, I think Christian extremists, the same. I mean, the, uh, the Lord's Army, uh, groups like that are just as dangerous. They hold a different type of view than, than Nazis, but they're just as, as damaging to humankind. Like their, their goals are just as, as murderous. So that, that's a lot of Christians. That's a... It's a lot of Muslims and a lot of Nazis, and there's probably also kind of a, a lot of black supremacists we could probably find in, in some others. So that's a lot of people to punch. <laughs> We're busy. But, like, but, but think of it this way. The U.S. as a state is, is, is fighting, at least to what they believe is, is the, good, the right fight, against radical uh, jihadists. You know, I mean, our, now our government calls it radical Islam, but before we wouldn't. But um, 
we're, we're fighting against that. We are bombing ISIS. Well, those bombing people are taking people. physical action against others, though. They are. Right. But, um, but what I'm saying is, like, I include these groups, just like I described, but there's action being taken against them. So it's not, it's not as if uh, these other groups I'm talking about, you know, the Lord's Army uh, has other groups physically fighting against them because they're carrying out these acts. Uh, what we're talking about now is how is the best method to stop this next group from rising. Like, it would be like if you were able to put yourself in a situation where you were there in the early days of, of ISIS organizing. Would you stand around and say, well, look, this is the free market of ideas. We need to let them talk. If you knew that you could in some way, shape or form, stop them from ever becoming an organization to begin with. And given the amount of damage ISIS has done, I think the average person would say, look, if I was in a position where the founders of ISIS were within my grasp, I would do something. You tweeted an article um, that, that's called uh, Why Punching Nazis is Not Only Ethical but Imperative. And towards the end of the article, it says, the vulnerability of Nazis cannot be revealed through debate. Many thinkers who lived through the Second World War, from Karl Popper to Hannah Arendt to Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, have been quite clear why dispassionate discourse with men like Richard Spencer is not only pointless, but actively dangerous. The use of force, by contrast, does reveal the shared humanity that Nazis deny. So it says that uh, not only does it oppose even debating Nazis, but that even trying to speak with them, trying to reason with them can be dangerous itself. Do you agree with that? Uh, to the degree that we've, we've spoken, yes. Uh, I have I have absolutely zero interest in engaging in a debate with someone at Spencer's level because that person is they're they're not holding debatable ideas. Uh, but not everybody's at Spencer's level, though. But a not lot of level. a lot of uh, Nazis you'll find are probably much uh, lesser level. No, correct, and that and that's like I said earlier, like the, like the eighteen year old. Who I think is 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 probably still reachable, is probably still, and there's probably thirty somethings who just got into it who aren't as in 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 depth and and, and as ingrained in their system. Because one thing we know is that uh, these white supremacist groups and organizations actually prey on working class white people in the South. And but wait, but to they, establish that that person doesn't hold as egregious belief as somebody like Richard Spencer to, to just know that don't you have to engage with them in discourse? Of course. Uh -huh. But that's like, but that's what I'm saying. We, we don't just, you don't walk up to the guy wearing a, uh, you know, make America great again hat and punch him. That guy could hold the most, most terrible views of the entire planet. You're not going to know that by what he's doing. That brings up, you know, Spencer again, Spencer is somebody who, we already know what he believes. He has the platform. He has the voice. That's why Spencer was a target that day. It wasn't just because he happened to be there with a the Pepe pin and talking about it. It was because it was because he was Richard Spencer. Uh, so we do have to engage with some people to a certain degree. And so to to the extent that the article goes, no, I don't completely one hundred percent agree 
that every single person can't be engaged with. But when you're talking about uh, the the high levels of you know the rise of Nazism, no, I don't think someone like Spencer is worth the engagement. I don't think anything comes from that. But it, but again, that's your criteria. But most people are not. I would even just say intelligent enough to really establish the correct criteria that maybe you think you have. Most people are just gonna think Nazi punch. They're not gonna think about it that deeply. I don't. I actually don't think most people are gonna think Nazi punch. I think most people are gonna think Nazi yell at them, scream at them, uh, shy. No, no, no. I'm, the the ones who but do think Nazi punch. I are not gonna that... are not gonna bring the nuance you're talking about. I think. I think they are. Do you think, think so? I think, the ones that are, I think the ones that are engaged in that sort of uh, level of activism are much more in tuned to what they're doing than just running around punching people. Oh, I really disagree with you on that. <laughs> the activism I see in the United States right now does not um, look very intellectual in my eyes. But um, yeah, I agree. But, we, disagree but I, I have a feeling we probably view the you know this, this sort of activism quite differently, and that's probably I think. Well, I think that's pretty apparent from just this discussion but uh i i look at uh what happened in in berkeley with uh with milo and, and black box showing up that wasn't a spur of the moment accident they showed up prepared to do everything that they did that was thought out premeditated do you think everything that happened there was good a lot of people were attacked physically some people looked like they were bleeding they destroyed property there was a fire did you see all of that as a positive all of it, no. Uh, I don't think I ever will. I don't think there's ever going to be an instance where everything goes as planned or as it should. Uh, when it comes to property, I have no care in the world. Break windows. I'm not going to cry over a broken window. They can be replaced. A, a, a big giant light was pushed over and lit on fire. It can be replaced. Do uh, people attack physically? A, a, a bystander being attacked physically. Uh, I think activists need to be much more careful and diligent. Uh, I think someone from Milo's, you know, I'm going to go see Milo. And then they went out to engage with the protesters. If something happened to them, uh, they went out to engage with the protesters. That was their walking into it. Uh, but, but I, I got to tell see... you when you, you put it like this, like that the protesters should go out, break windows, they start fires there. There's a lot of like violence going on against like basically property and they're being getting really worked up and you hear things that like online, like you tweeting out and a lot of other people tweeting out, it's okay to punch a Nazi. It's moral to punch a Nazi just in a tweet, right? We're not, you're not getting the detail that we're getting in, in this podcast. And Milo Yiannopoulos is called a Nazi and a white supremacist, whether you agree with it or not, but that's what he's getting called. That's what a lot of people believe. I just don't see that restraint uh, happening to the, to a perfect degree as, you suggest. I don't think that could ever happen. It will never be perfect. But and you're okay with that do, result? You're, you're okay with it never being perfect and people getting hurt? I think that it would happen regard like, and I don't mean to punch, but people are going to get hurt if we do nothing. Well, people are getting I, hurt I mean, in the protesting, though. Right. But that's that... I mean, the, the, it seems I mean, like the 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 results you're fighting against that the problem is in the process that you, of fighting against it, right? 
So you're worried about somebody maybe committing violence because they hold certain ideas. And you're like, oh, that violence is a problem. But in the process of fighting against it, you're committing violence. So you're doing the act you're fighting against. But, and it's only a potential result in that case. You're actually executing it. Well, to, to break up violence in two parts. Number one, because you, you, you mentioned it in two different contexts, property and people. Uh, I don't think breaking a window is, is violent in any way, shape, or form. I don't apply the word violence to property uh, because it's an inanimate thing. Uh, if breaking a window means that Milo can't go speak on stage. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm talking uh, about that people were hurt. Like people, people are hurt. attacked. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's unfortunate. I don't want people to be attacked. But there is a imperative Milo or, or Spencer or, you know, just John Doe that is at that level. As you know, it's not Geraldo Rivera going to speak about trickle-down economics. It's somebody going to teach you how to dox immigrant students at your school. It's someone to talk about peaceful ethnic cleansing. Uh, th th we know we, we sort of on the left throw around the term by any means necessary a lot. And a lot of people take that to mean many different things. Uh, I don't like the word collateral damage in the sense because we talk about collateral damage way too much in war with you know, oop, that wedding got bombed. It's collateral damage. Um, nothing, nothing is clean. Nothing is perfect. And and having to literally standing up against fascism and Nazism and white supremacy is going to be dirty and it's going to be messy. And I think the end result of stopping it from rising again has to remain in the forefront. We have to look at what do what steps do we have to take. On, on multiple different levels, from dialogue to direct action uh, to just protesting and signs and petitions, all of it combined. What actions do we have to take to stop it from rising? I and find it very strange, though, to take the position that that person is advocating for potential violence and we must stop that potential violence by any violence necessary because violence is bad. I, well, I find a lot of contradictions in that. I don't see that there's much contradiction there. Really? Uh, I, I don't think being violent against somebody who is literally trying to... Like, so violence against a person who is advocating for the, the murder of millions. I see no contradiction in using violence to stop that person from committing a greater act of violence. I think it's a, it's a self-defense act. Or it's a defense of others in, in a situation. Well, we're not talking about them committing the, the, that act of violence. We're talking about them talking about that act of violence. We're stopping them from the being able to commit it or wanting to commit it. We are, we are, we are trying to step in now before it rises. We're trying to stop this before it's too late. They, they have their goal and they're organizing and they're gaining power. So this, this is like minority report pre-crime kind of thing. But this isn't pre-crime because they've announced the crimes they want to commit. It's not – we're not reading their minds and saying, oh, I bet this person probably wants to do this. These people have made their goals clear. I mean, we know that when you know, Spencer speaks out, we know that when people from his organization show up and speak out and other groups, other neo-Nazi and Nazi groups around the country and around the world show up and speak out, they're – They've already laid out what their platform and their goals are. So 
So it's not minority report in the sense that we're predicting what they want to do. We know what they want to do. And this this should be applied also for people who advocate for radical Islamism as well. I I would have to say yeah. Yeah. If if you're yeah. advocating for the radicalism for the you know yeah. for the murder for the all of it yeah you're you're that's just as dangerous it it's a it's systematically dangerous ideology as well i mean it's no less safe because just because that there are in fact moderate reformists uh you know liberal muslims the people that are still on that far extreme side are just as dangerous and trying to trying to and or are murdering people So, I mean, to a degree, there's sometimes – I, I think it doesn't apply as much to the U.S. when we're talking about it because I don't think uh, it's at that and – I, and I don't mean to say as compared to Nazis. I just mean as compared to the rest of the world. We don't have you know, radical jihadism carrying out the level of acts that they're carrying out you know, in other, in other you, countries. You don't think that this kind of actions of attacking people uh, physically – you don't think that could maybe radicalize them and push them to get even more active? That it can have the reverse result that you want? They they feel more empowered. They feel more like a victim. They feel more like, okay, now we need to use more violent tactics ourselves. We need to, to grow ourselves uh, because they feel pushed up against the wall. You don't think that right. that, and... that could probably be the result? I I don't think they need that for the result. I think the the, the thing that we're dealing with, and so uh, two parts to your um, question is yes, short answer. Mm -hmm. They they very much will. I mean, they play the victim constantly. They love playing the victim. That's their that's their shtick. They're the toughest people in the world, and they call us all snowflakes. And then they they crawl around calling themselves the victim constantly. Uh, but, I honestly don't you know, know at this point if you're talking about Muslims or, or Nazis. Or <laughs> because <laughs> because the, the radical uh, jihadists are also the big, big crybabies as well. So, uh, But I'm actually going gonna, gonna to read something. I happen to have something pulled up uh, on, my, on my laptop. So I wrote myself a couple notes uh, in preparation for this. Yeah, and there was, one, there was one really great. Um, I, I mentioned this frequently as questions thing earlier. But someone said, but doesn't this just give the other side ammunition? Which I kind of feel like yeah, sort of overlaps what you're saying. Mm -hmm. They get to play the victim. They get they they radicalize, uh, and the answer I, I I kind of like because they said uh, the other side of this argument, the Nazis, are 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 lying f's. I don't know if I can swear on this show. Uh, who can twist any piece of information into a swastika shaped balloon animal if you engage them in good faith? Lacking a piece of information, they'll just make it up. You might as well punch a Nazi. That's the answer to this. But the thing is, is that what we're dealing with are people, and this this comes from Islam. This comes from uh, the Nazis. Uh, this comes from even more benign uh, ways of, of 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 things. If you think about, uh, you know, I've been I've battled Ken Ham, the creationist, for years now, mm -hmm. and when I was victorious in remove and helping remove an eighteen million dollar tax credit of his, he played the victim immediately, like he had been assaulted for his belief. That was complete BS, but he played the victim regardless. He tried to use that as the tool to raise money, to raise funds, all of it. But would you agree that for the most part, 
in the United States, we don't really see that much active violence from Nazis in the last few decades. Um, of course, I, I'm, I'm, there's tons of exa individual examples people can throw at me. That's fine. But for the most part, it's not out of control kind of organized violence. Um, in, the last, in, the, in the last few decades, no, it actually isn't. Right. So, so do you think that that if you start with this kind of action that, okay, punch Nazis and, and the aggression against them gets worse, do you think that they start thinking, well, now we need to defend ourselves physically? Right. And maybe we need to preemptively do attacks. We're going to we, we're, we're going to expect that they're going to show up to a talk at some place where Richard Spencer is going to talk or someone else. And we need to pre be prepared. And anybody who comes near us or or uh, looks like they're going to attack us, we, we we need to act violently. You don't think that that could start taking that pace towards violence? Oh, it definitely could. Uh, what, one of the things happening and one of the reasons this has even become a thing is because as they're rising, so like we've just talked about, there haven't been much in the last you know decade or so, uh, we're now seeing this group rising in power. We've now seen hate crimes since Trump's election actually increase in many areas. I mean, we've seen countless stories come out. And like you said, we can find individual actions here of people just pumping gas and being told they're not welcome in this country anymore. Uh, I've known people personally that have had these things happen that just didn't happen before so we have they feel empowered already they have this empowerment that they won so now that they feel safe to come out and to to be more vocal about this so our actions now are trying to push them back where they were to make them feel like they did prior to trump to make them afraid to be so open and to be so public about uh, these views and trying to organize and become a movement. Uh, of course, by doing so, there are, there's the inherent risk that they're going to double down. They're going to beef up. I mean, Spencer himself already said he doesn't feel safe after DC to just go speak anywhere. He now feels like he needs to bring bodyguards. He needs to do these things. Uh, but the activist groups engaged in direct action against uh, Nazis and fascists, they're prepared for those. That's that's what they're that's what they do. I mean, look at this just the history of of Antifa. You know, the anti-fascist action. They're they're ready to do what needs to be done to to step up to what the Nazis bring, and that's just that's part of the game. That's that's playing the we're going to stop you and that you have to be prepared for what they want to do next. And if we're not, if we if we sit back and do nothing then they're just going to continue to gain power. And we can't be afraid of them. The ones we're afraid of them, they win. What do you think of a person like me who is against using violence of any kind for any ideas, no matter how egregious? Do you think not only am I wrong, but I'm actually helping these people? I'm supporting them in some way? So... While to a degree I think you're wrong, I've said quite a few times if you're an anti anti violence anti you know this kind of stuff activist, stay that way because you're needed as well because like I've said a couple times, the approach to killing Nazism isn't single layered. 
It isn't violence. It's multiple things. It is the dialogue. It's the it's going to there's going to be there needs to be people that can do multiple things at multiple times in multiple situations. We don't need everybody running around punching people. That doesn't solve every situation. That isn't going to be a tactic that works every time. There needs to be people that, you know, have multiple levels of of, of action. So, no, I don't th- I, I would not come on here and argue that you need to change as a person or that you need to go punch a Nazi. I have quite a few friends that I talk to regularly that advocate for the argument I'm making that it is justified and moral to do so that I say many times that they would never actually do it themselves because they just can't. They don't have that capability. They're not wired for that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. We need them to do multiple other things and to be, uh, be vocal advocates for multiple different kinds of, of resistance and, and things. So no, I don't think that you're, I think, I think you're wrong for saying that no one should do it, but I don't think you're wrong for saying that I don't do it and I won't do it. I think that's to a degree. I think it's commendable. Uh, I don't have that, uh, level of tolerance for certain ideas, I guess. Uh, but no, I think, I think that those are, they're necessary because we, it takes, it takes all types to build a movement and to build a resistance and to stop something like this. And it isn't going to be, you know, if it was just violence, I don't think it would work. If it was just, you know, the, the, the this is a, the market of ideas or whatever, uh, Lots of classical liberals call it now um, the marketplace of ideas. I don't think that single-handedly would work either. I think if the marketplace of ideas worked, we wouldn't be talking about Nazism right now because that's already lost that fight. Uh, so I think it's a it's a multi-layered and it takes all different kinds of activists. Okay, well I'll end it on I. Uh, clarifying my own position for people because I feel like I at some points it could be interpreted where I'm saying like you know we should punch you know Christians and, and Muslims again in my position is that there's really no ideas that I, I would advocate violence for even the ISIS supporter the worst of the ISIS supporters who has not committed any violence himself I still think that addressing his ideas even through mockery uh, to the point where it really frustrates him and it really offends offends him. I think that that's the right way to go before any kind of uh, violence. And I don't think violence is ever the answer. I think it it only leads to to bad things in in the, in those cases. Uh, the only exception if that person starts to actually take action on their bad beliefs, then we're talking uh, for a different conversation. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that. And, uh, is there any other like last point that you want to make before I close? Uh, no, I think, you know, the only last point I would make is that, uh, I would say don't run around looking for people to punch. Uh, cause I, I'm trying, it's, it's a very hard discussion to have because you're advocating for the violence against somebody while at the same time saying, you know, don't just go out there to be violent. Like the violence isn't just a spur of the moment oh i'm just gonna go hit this guy because i don't like the way he looks i don't like the way he dresses i don't like it we have to, like political and activist styled you know violence isn't spur of the moment to a degree like we've talked earlier that 
you know, this person took an opportunity with Spencer. It was spur of the moment in that sense. But it's I'm I, I I just want to make it very clear. I'm not advocating for just punching the person that says something racist or that just happens to say something stupid or, or homophobic. Um, and I want people I think if you listen to the whole conversation, I think people can gather uh, I'm I'm not advocating for that, but I just kind of want to reiterate. I'm not I'm not I'm not myself a, a violent person. Uh, but I believe some ideas need to be stopped before they grow. And I think that uh, in that sense, I, I advocate for the morality uh, of punching a Nazi if there's a Nazi to be punched. All right. Well, thank you for being on. Dan Arell, uh, people can find you at where? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Errol, or you can go to com and find links to articles, my blog, and all the jazz. I see. I did say your name like in the Spanish way, Arell, right? <laughs> Damn, I, totally, I tried to it clarify. It sounds way better that way anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you uh, for being on. I'll put uh, your links to your social media in the description below for people who want to find you. And thanks again. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.